Welcome to Commercial Real Estate Matters, your go-to source for the latest industry news and insights. We bring you up-to-date information on the real estate market and discuss the latest trends, technologies, and strategies to help you make informed decisions. And now, we invite you to join us as we explore the exciting world of commercial real estate. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Commercial Real Estate Matters. I'm your host, John Powell, with Phoenix Commercial Properties, based in Raleigh, North Carolina, and today we're joined by someone who is a leader of economic development in the state of North Carolina. Chris Johnson has been the Director of Economic Development for Johnston County for the last 10 years, and in 2021, Business North Carolina Magazine named Chris to its power list of the state's most influential leaders. Chris, we're so honored to have you with us today in studio, and again, we certainly welcome you to Commercial Real Estate Matters. John, it's always a pleasure. Appreciate the opportunity to talk about Johnston County as well as the broader Triangle region. And that is exactly what we'll talk about today. And we're excited to certainly have you. And we certainly appreciate the friendship and relationship we've had with you over the years. Chris, I know you're a native of North Carolina. You're a proud East Carolina pirate. And you call Johnston County home with your wife and your children. But give us a little bit of background. Tell us uh, maybe a little bit more about yourself and even how did you get involved in economic development? Well, I'll be quite honest with you. It the is really kind of a, an odd journey to get where I am today. I'm originally from Northampton County, which is the rural northeastern part of the state. I met my wife at East Carolina, and the joke is is that I took her home one weekend to meet my folks, and she says, sweetheart, if we're getting married, we're sure as heck not going to live in Jackson. So <laughs> anyway, she was from Johnston County, a lifelong generational family that that lived in in, in the area. And so I started out, Working with the state of North Carolina, had a brief stint with a temporary company. I did some stuff in politics, worked for a congressman. And during all that time, my wife and I, with her family, opened up a retail store in downtown Smithfield, Jules Formals, and, and we've been in business. This will be our 33rd year. And that. so, yeah, and long story short is that there's a downtown development organization that kind of assisted small businesses that did economic development for for the town. And I got appointed to the board because I owned property and and I was in between jobs. I was working, like I said, I was working for a congressman who did not get reelected. So it was kind of a blessing in disguise for me because then the director at that time took another position with the city of Charlotte. And the board approached me, said, Chris, you're not doing anything. You're aggravating your wife at your wife's sto- at the store. So would you mind doing this as an interim basis? And and it was also before our annual festival. And there was a lot of reasons why they asked me to come in. I said, sure, I'll be more than happy to. And so I did that, absolutely fell in love with it. Obviously, I had street cred also, no, no pun intended being downtown or Main Street, but I had street cred with all the other property owners and all the other businesses because I own businesses, businesses well. So I looked at it as if they're doing well, I'm going to do well. If I'm doing well, vice versa. And so I did that for 15 years, absolutely loved it. I could do Main Street in in, in my sleep. It's, it's kind of an us against them, you know, small, small business versus the big box retailer, all that type of stuff. And so Long story short, during that same time, I was involved with the county and was appointed to represent Smithfield on the Economic Development Board. And so I kind of just kind of started seeing things from a broader perspective. Yes. Charles Hayes was with the RTRP. 
He invited me to be a part of that organization, which I did, even though I was representing the town of Smithfield. And then 10 years ago, Rick Hester, the county manager, approached me about, would I be interested in in, in taking over the position? And so I, I jumped at the opportunity. Everything that I learned in Main Street, whether it's promotions, the you know the four steps of Main Street promotion and economic development, historic preservation, and so forth, I apply that today. And so anything then everything that I do in the office today, I can trace it back. So in my presentations, when I talk about when I'm, you know, meeting with the client and I say, regardless of whether or not you're a small business with $200,000 in annual sales or a large corporation with $200 million in annual sales, it's all about relationship. It's all about making sure that you have your employees happy. It's making sure that the lights cut on and the toilets flush and that the taxes are paid and all these things. Obviously, the economy of scale is huge, but the same sleepless nights for a small business owner is the same sleepless nights for a CFO or CEO for a large corporation. So that's the kind of the approach that I take. And so I really kind of put myself in those in those people's seat when I'm talking about selecting Johnston County or the Triangle region or making a good business decision. Chris, that gives me such a great just kind of the I'll say an oversight of the way that I've seen you operate because you really do, you're about the relationship. And you're about the deal and structuring the right deal for the client and for the town and for the for Johnston County. And just the fact that we I now have a deeper level of your background, it's all making sense as to the way that you do move the pieces of the puzzle around and just connect the dots to maximize opportunity for the client as well as for the county. Well, I, I look at it as obviously we're very competitive. I mean, you know, we always want to win the deal. We always want to get the next client. We always want to get the next project. We always want to get our names written in the NNO or the TBJ or wherever, you know, mentioned in the news. But at the end of the day, I tell the client that I don't want to have that conversation after the ribbon has been cutting cut and then there's mistakes or there's issues being found or that it didn't. I would much rather, when I'm having a conversation with a client, I'm, all, I'm selling the, the, the region or the area or the, mm-hmm. or the site or whatever mm-hmm. amenities, because obviously I can talk about that. But I'm saying, let me tell you where, our, where the weaknesses are, because I want to make sure that they have exactly all the tools in their tool belt to make a wise decision, because I don't want any surprises, because... I wouldn't want that to be done to me if I was in their seat. So, you know, obviously it is going to be what it is. I have a great working relationship with all of my colleagues around the region. And whether it's Jennifer up in Wilson or Michael over in Chatham or uh, Jimmy down in Lee County or Michael over in Wake and the list goes on and on. I don't want to say I know a lot about their region or I know about their communities, but I, and I may not know exactly the information about their site, but I can say, look, this is what I can bring to the table, and this is what they can bring to the table. And so and hopefully, as we're selling the region, we're all in a better position because our labor shed just does not stay within our county. We're so trans- – you know, everybody moves across county lines so much that I realize that if Jimmy's going to win a, uh, a project down in Lee County or, or Michael, and we'll be talking, about, I'm sure, about those things later, is that there's a good chance that somebody in Johnston County is going to live in Johnston County but work somewhere else. So it, at the end of the day, it's going to be a win for everybody. It, it is. And regionalism is one of the things I think I learned so early on in my 30-plus year career and the importance thereof is that if we can work collectively, 
your win and my loss sometimes really isn't a loss for me. A win is good for all of us. Exactly. And landing the deal yeah. and bringing the jobs to our area and the quality of the product and the quality of the jobs. Right. Well, you know, you think about regionalism and, and some of the huge wins that we've recently had, whether it's the VinFast or the Wolf Speed or the Toyota Chip uh, project that's a little bit further out. I, I, I relate back or think back to when we were chasing the Toyota Mazda project, the state was. And Johnston County does not have a mega site. So we're completely out of the running for any opportunities such as that. However, I do realize that there's ancillary job and ancillary company benefits to Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And so when we were chasing Mazda, or the, when I say we, the state was chasing Mazda and Toyota, I had five or six uh, suppliers in Johnston County that were looking at sites that were going to, could possibly select Johnston County if North Carolina won that project. And of course, when we missed out on it, we I missed out on those opportunities as well. So I celebrate the opportunities and, and the the economic benefits and the wins that my colleagues receive and have because I realize that that's an, another opportunity for me. I love that. I know that to be true. Chris, economic development is such a global business and very competitive, as you had just mentioned. What makes the southeast portion of the United States so attractive to global industry? Well, obviously our track record. I mean, we've got just in Johnston County alone, we have a multitude of international companies. You've got Griffles uh, Therapeutics, which is a, a Catalonian Spanish company, uh, Nova Nordis, which is, is Danish. And then there's just, there's endless, you know, that foreign direct investment that that's obviously a, a, a a buzzword in the economic development field. And I think that our successes, I think the fact that we're a low-tax state, that we're right-to-work state, that we're business-friendly in Johnston County. I always refer to the green tape, not red tape philosophy. <laughs> I think that I can be that. spread across all of North Carolina. Obviously, they're, they're in the process of reducing the corporate tax to zero over the next five to seven years. So I think, obviously, it's about the bottom line for a lot of industries. I mean, they do not mind paying taxes. They don't mind paying great salaries if they're making money. And so the key thing is is to make sure that government is there to complement and not get in the way. And I think North Carolina has been very successful with that over the, the past couple of years. Now, in the Triangle region, if you talk to any site consultant, if you talk to any company considering the area or just anywhere, is talent. Can you attract the talent? Is there good talent that can be found? And with the three major universities and the research uh, component, we've got the HBCUs, we've got all the private uh, colleges that are around the area. I mean, whether it's Campbell, Mount Olive, or Barton, East mm-hmm. Carolina mm-hmm. to the east, it's really kind of a, a magnet for young up and coming talent. And that in itself draws companies to be a part of that and to have access to that talent. So we've, we're very we're in a great, great position. And, and it, it's really because of the seeds that were planted multiple years ago that are bearing fruit today. And so the, our key thing is, you know, what are we doing today that's going to bear, bear fruit in the future? So it's, it's, you know, staying on, being cutting edge, but staying on the cutting edge and looking to the future to find out what the next, next opportunity is. We are, we're so balanced here and we're so fortunate to have all those 
nuggets in place, as you mentioned, to, I think, to maintain our ability to thrive for a long, long time. As we look at North Carolina, and I know that, again, that we, we get a lot of opportunities to compete across the country, what other areas or maybe regions does North Carolina consistently compete with? Well, that's a great question. Sometimes we compete within ourselves. I mean, you know, because okay, yeah. uh, they they want North Carolina, so we may be competing with the the Triad region or the Charlotte region, and that also encompasses Greenville and kind of the 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 the, the northern, I guess, tip of of South Carolina. The we compete a lot with a lot of most every southern state, whether it's Georgia, Texas, South Carolina. That's kind of what what I've seen mostly on the you know on the RFIs or the request for information that comes mm-hmm. across my desk mm-hmm. is that you know they're considering a site in Georgia or they're considering a site in South Carolina mm-hmm. or Texas you know predominantly around the Atlanta Austin area mm-hmm. but I haven't seen I haven't been competing against Kansas or or you know, Michigan or anything like that. It's it's usually kind of the southeast. We're 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 competing against the sunshine or the the sun sun belt region. And they probably have identified that southeast region as an area. Now within that southeast region, let's look at a few areas in North Carolina, a few in Virginia or South Carolina, Georgia, whatever. And exactly. I bet that's when we get called specifically for our area. Right. As we look at North Carolina, and there's for our audience, there's 100 counties in North Carolina, and I know economic development typically will break down our counties into specific regions. And I believe there's 14 or 15 counties in the Research Triangle region. What has kind of typically made us, and you touched on some of these a while ago, Chris, but what is historically and maybe even looking ahead in the future, what it makes us so attractive right. to whether it be existing industry looking to expand or certainly folks that that aren't here yet. Well, obviously you can't go any you can't have this conversation without first bringing up the the higher education. I mean, it's second to none when you when you think about competing against other areas, particularly the 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 multitude of of colleges that we have within that five or six county area whether it's private with Duke or, you know, some of our other private institutions like Meredith or Peace or our any of our sixteen UNC system schools and, and the several that are that are in our that are in our area. So that that's that's one thing. And then, you know, talent attracts talent and innovation. And you think about what is happening out of NC State with you know, with the innovation labs that they've got going on there and the spin-out companies and the cutting-edge technology, whether it was SAS or Red Hat or or anything. I mean, it's just it's amazing to see what those universities are, are spinning out and are able to then – the great thing – of and, and it really kind of goes beyond just that urban core – and the benefit of the major universities. I, I, I talk about the importance. I mean, we can't, and also the Research Triangle Park, goodness gracious. I mean, the the innovation and the things that they did back 50, 60 years ago, uh, think about what North Carolina would be if had it not been for the Research Triangle Park. I mean, Agreed. It's just incredible. And so the 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 research and the development that and and the spinouts or the, the companies that are created within that that eco- ecosystem gives opportunity for the halo, what I refer to the halo counties 
for the manufacturing sectors. And so that allows people in the eastern part of the state or some of the more rural areas of the state to still live and maintain that rural character or living those communities, but then easily drive into to, to work to have a good paying job that provides for their family and, and, and moves the needle for, for the economy. And then, uh, of course, goes into Smithfield and buys a dress at my wife's shop. So. That, <laughs> right on Main Street. Right on Main Street. That's exactly right. Oftentimes, I think of our, our air corridor and our land corridor and, and just our proximity to universities and to the beaches and to the mountains, as you mentioned. What are maybe even some things that we don't have yet that could help elevate our game? I mean, to me, the first one I think of is light rail like we have in Charlotte, for example. But sometimes that might not be the right answer. What yeah. are some things that we could even do to elevate ourselves? Well, we need to, we need to think what it's going to be like in, in 15 or 20 or 30 years. Obviously, I'm a big proponent of light rail or the, you know, the, the, the ability to move large groups of people yeah. because obviously we can't build enough roads to sustain the, the growth. We've got to look for innovation I'm a huge cyclist. I mean, are there opportunities for greenways and cycle and paths and in certain areas that that uh, can encourage just not only the physical fitness of our citizens, but then also get them from one place to place to the other. Besides getting in a in a vehicle, Absolutely. obviously, being in the South, we're I mean, we have this love affair with the automobiles, and so it's it it is what it is. But I think that we have to think beyond what it is today and look what it's going to be in the future. And and that's going to take some political fortitude from our leaders just to, you know, just say, hey, look, it's the right thing. I th- you, you know, I don't want to get off subject, but talk about f- political fortitude and we t- and as that ties into to economic development, you know, Michael Smith has had some tremendous success in Chatham County and we celebrate that. But that wouldn't have been made possible had it not been for the leadership of the city of Sanford in Lee County. Yes. Because all of those projects will be served by, particularly in the utility of the water and sewer, will be served by the city of Sanford in Lee County. So you've got one county helping another county be successful. And so when we start thinking beyond our boundaries and th- start think, thinking about, okay, how can we position ourselves not only to to do great things just for our community, but what can we do to help others? That was visionary in my opinion because 20 years ago, I'm confident that when the, the general, not general, the average citizen looked at their leader saying, why in the world are you spending this much money to build up this much capacity? We'll never use it. And to have that vision to say, may not now, but we're going to probably need it in the future. It just bodes well for everybody. So, and I applaud for innovative leadership to think beyond just what's going to happen by the next time the the ballots come out. What a great testimony. And I love the fact that so many of our leaders, it truly, it is not about me. It is about we. And just having that mentality. And as you mentioned, how one municipality can work to assist an adjoining municipality, it's a win-win because I might live and spend my money in this municipality, even though my office is next door. Exactly. So, well, uh, it's a broader region. I mean, yes. and that's that's the key thing. My wife and I, you know, I, I joke about my my wife's shop, and we go to Atlanta three or four times a, a year. And when you think about the city of Atlanta 
it it's like, well, which county are you in? I mean, it, right. you know, it it is it is it's unbelievable the size of that. And then people, I, I joke, I said, does anybody know where Covington, Georgia is? Does it does anybody know <laughs> what the town of Doraville, Georgia is, other than an Atlanta Rhythm Section song? I mean, you know. But the point is, is that if you go to those communities, yeah, you may be in Doraville or you may be, in, but you're really in Atlanta. And I think that we as a triangle need to start thinking that we're actually bigger than what we tend. We've, we've boxed ourselves in that we're actually bigger than what we are. I wish you dream big. And yeah, exactly. Think big and, and really exactly. and own it. And beyond our city limits and beyond our county borders. Agreed. Chris, as we kind of pivot to Johnson County, y'all have become, I'm going to say, the hottest county in North Carolina over the last few years. And I believe you probably have even been recognized for that. Why? Well, I would love to say it's all because of the hard work that me and that my office have done, but I can't take credit for that. Um, <laughs> it takes a village. It, it takes. It does take a village. Um, several things. Obviously, we talked and touched on transportation. Yeah. And um, Johnston County uh, was fortunate many years ago, back in the probably the seventies or eighties. Uh, DOT said we need an interstate highway that runs east to west. And it's going to go through Raleigh, and it's got to get down to the Wilmington area, and it just happened to go through Johnston County. <laughs> uh, that is the you know that is the first and foremost reason because we were just the first exit out of Raleigh growing. I remember driving down from when I was at East Carolina, going to see my grandmother at, in Fuquay, driving down Highway 42 and crossing over the construction of 40 in 1986-87 and am I like this is out here in the middle of nowhere yes and then look at it today it's probably the largest unincorporated area in the state of North Carolina with 50 to 60,000 people within a four mile <laughs> radius so that is you know that is uh, one of the that that's transportation connectivity is the driving factor of reason why and then obviously we've got I95 we've got US 70 that's being transitioned into I42 so you know this time next year, Johnston County will will have three interstates that will dissect the county, and then I and then it, in a lot of my presentations, I would be remiss if I don't bring up the two most important transportation projects for Johnston County, which is not actually in Johnston County, and that's the widening of forty out of Raleigh from four lanes to eight lanes, and as well as the five forty Southern Loop completion, which will be finished up this time next year. So all the things that have made Johnston County attractive over the last 30-plus years will be 15 minutes closer. So when I talk about selling the airport, mm-hmm. the Research Triangle Park, mm-hmm. the three major universities, downtown Raleigh, all the, you know, everything that I, that I sold before, now all of Johnston County is in play, as well as my colleagues to the, to the east, you know, whether it's Sampson County or Wayne County, I, I, I picked up a, a, a brochure, housing development in Wayne County, saying Raleigh's next uh, bedroom community. Love I mean, so the point is, is that, love it's, that. It, it's 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 beyond Johnston County now, and and so when those two projects are completed, it's only going to pour gasoline on the on an existing burning fire, and there's no reason why Johnston County. It wouldn't continue. Now, that's a challenge for the for the leadership. Don't get me wrong. It's just not everybody. But, you know, we're right now at about 250,000 in population. 
will very easily be over 300,000 in the next five to seven years. We're adding between eight and 12,000 annually, but we just need to make sure that we're, we're right now the ninth largest county in, in the state. We're the third largest county in the Research Triangle Park or the Research Triangle region. Mm-hmm. And, and we could very easily be right behind Wake, Durham, Mecklenburg, Forsyth, Guilford. I mean, you know, in the Johnston County. So we've got our, we've got our work cut out for us to try to meet because with that growth means you're going to be the, you know, fifth or sixth largest community college, fifth or less, the fifth or sixth largest school system, sheriff's department. I mean, all the things, all the services that government has to provide, you're going to have to be the fifth or sixth largest to meet those challenges. So it's, it's, it's amazing. It's eye-opening. I hate to word, use the word scary, but it's you know it's <laughs> it's one of those things that, and I think our leadership understands it. And then and then of course, do our citizens understand it? And do they appreciate it? And do they want it? And how does that balance? Because obviously, Johnston County, you and I are talking about economic development. We tend to think of bricks and mortar and the traditional economic development, but Johnston County is in the top five of more working farms than any other county in the state. So agriculture is one of our as is, is our largest industry still, even behind Griffles and Nova. I mean it's three hundred and fifty million dollars in annual sales. So Tremendous. so it's it's how do we figure out that balance and maintaining what everybody's moving from up north down to here, you know, to to get away, quote unquote, from the growth. It's 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 challenging to find that niche, and and I think our leadership, obviously Johnston County, a little background is, you know, sixty five seven percent of the population doesn't live in a municipality, and so it's kind of I, I, I jokingly say that Johnston County is like a lovable mutt. It's not a purebred whatever. I mean, you know, I, I talk about my colleagues Wilson being Wilson and Sanford being Lee and and Raleigh being Wake. I mean, no offense to Fuquay and Cary, but, but sure, mean, the point sure. is that what you Durham being Durham. What do you think of when you hear Johnston County? What city comes to mind? And it's well, there's Smithfield, Selma, there's mm-hmm. Smithfield County mm-hmm. seat, but then there's also Clayton, which is really the large. So it's really kind of a hodgepodge, eclectic group. And I, I tell everybody, I said, we're a lovable mutt, we're loyal, we'll live forever. You know, we're a sooner, we're sooner this than sooner that, but we're ne- maybe not necessarily a purebred. And I think we kind of wear that as a badge of honor and, and a sense of pride because it's we are a little bit of everything. Every, somebody, you can get anything and be in any type of community that you want to be if you move to Johnston County. And people see that, and, and that's what makes us attractive to, you know, from growing families or whatever. Well, and I, th- I would agree with you. I think sometimes your future can be scary or it's a little bit, you know, intimidating. But when you embrace it and you just, you be you. And as the leadership continues to be forward thinking and right. continues to be committed to maximizing the opportunity, just prepare yourselves. Right. Because you're, you are in such a good location, as you had mentioned. Yeah. And a lot of times, and I grew up in Cary. And again, over my 55 years of being here, Cary has changed. I still love being a resident of Cary, but a lot of times when I go down to Johnson County, I feel like I'm a kid again. I feel like this is where I grew up. I feel at home. I feel very comfortable and very welcome. And it's just such a, it's a wonderful, wonderful area, but then it's tremendous opportunity for industry 
and for job growth, as well as recreation and and quality of life. So I think you all are, are well prepared. If you can share anything with us that might even be in the pipeline, how's activity today and could you maybe even give some examples of some residential projects or even commercial or even industrial if if it's something that's already kind of approved and coming soon? Sure thing. Well, we check all the boxes. Let, let's start at the at the industrial level and then and work down that way. We check all the boxes for any project looking at North Carolina because typically a client will say, "I want they they pick a geographic point." that's important to them, whether it's an interstate or an airport, major urban core or whatever. And obviously then they draw a ring around that and they say, okay, what's available in that, in that ring? And we typically check all the boxes for that. And then we start getting eliminated based on, well, do we have a, you know, a large enough building or a large enough site or whatever that that is. But you know, we get we get looks at all of them. So that that's that's kind of the key thing. So we need to make sure that as we talk about growth and land use planning, is that are we making sure that we're preserving quality land mm-hmm. for those opportunities that are coming along? Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we're not going to have a mega site. I'm not aware of a thousand acres in Johnston County that's buildable <laughs> first and <laughs> foremost, but there's plenty of 50 and hundred acre sites around. And, and then also being strategic and working with the property owners and asking them what's their vision for their property mm-hmm. and having that relationship with them and, and saying, okay, as you transition from farming or whatever you're currently using the, the property for, is it something that can be done to create jobs? Because obviously the Main Street solution is live, work, play. And we've got a labor shed of 105,000, people, but yet 70,000 leave every day to work elsewhere. So we're le- – now we do have backfill from our, our colleagues to the sure. – our cl- cl- uh, counties to the east. But the – you know, we still have a def- – and so it's a deficit, but then it's an opportunity because – I tell the clients that are looking at it, and they say, well, Chris, your your unemployment rate in the region is 3.5%. Where am I going to get my labor from? I'm like, well, all you got to do is cut on the TV in the morning, the local TV stations <laughs> at quarter to seven, and say, here's a live shot of the Clayton Bypass, and you see all the cars, <laughs> you know, in the traffic reports leaving. I said, if you pay someone, you know, a, a good living wage, I am confident they would much rather live in Johnston County and drive five minutes to work as opposed to driving 45 minutes into somewhere else. Absolutely. And so that that's that's one of the things. So working on that, we check all the boxes, making sure that we have – I'm selling out of an empty wagon, as, as you've heard me say a lot, in the sense that speed to market has never been more critical for – existing industries or clients looking at the area. They're looking for that unicorn. They're looking for that 250,000 square foot building that's got class A, class A construction and 40, 40 foot clear. And, but then they also be want to be able to expand it by another 250 if they need it. Those opportunities are just not out there. Simply don't exist. Yeah, they don't. And so what we try to do is, is, is again, I, I mentioned about the green tape, not red tape is saying that if you select here and here's a site, we can have you up and running in 12 months um, it, because we've already done the due diligence to make sure that it's a fast track to your success. 
And so it's doing that. It's working with our existing developers and encouraging them to build existing spec spec buildings. We've got a couple that are under construction. Actually, we have one right now that's available, 135,000 square feet, Class A office, uh, Class A space in in Selma. Call John if you're interested in it, or <laughs> you can call me, and me and John will meet you out there. That's but, exactly uh, right. But it's there's opportunities out there for that, and so it's just making sure that that we're there to when the phone does ring, we can we can answer that call and and make sure that we provide as a good a quality product that we can. Moving down the economic development line to commercial, obviously the density has always been kind of our Achilles heel. We just do not normally fit the traditional commercial map or 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 you know when you're talking to your investors saying, well, there's got to be 50,000 people within, you know, a, a certain demographic ring or whatever. We're just kind of all over the place. But, you know, so it's really kind of an, I hate to use the word hard sell, but it's an interesting, it's a challenging sell mm-hmm. to say, well, what, yeah, but we've got an 80-store outlet, premium outlet center owned by Simons that receives 7 million visitors annually. Being on the interstates, you can basically be a mile a minute. So instead of your traditional uh, sales ring only being a 10-mile radius, it actually can be a 60-mile radius. And so it's just, it makes it a challenging sale. But, you know, if you can get in front of the right people, then it, it, they see it once they, they realize. And then, of course, they see the numbers and they see the growth and they see the opportunity coming. The, obviously, Eastfield development over in Selma is a huge economic project that is going to be a combination of medical retail, restaurants, medical, office, mixed multifamily, single family, and then the industrial component in the in that's along the North Carolina Railroad. So that's kind of a, a very unique project there that I'm very excited about. And and I know Kevin Dockery at over at Adventure Development is 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 working diligently to to you know to to, to announce further commercial opportunities. I know he's got, he's already announced Hobby Lobby and Marshalls and Five Below and Burlington Coat Factory and a few others. He's talking to a lot of some of the bigger big box retailers that everybody knows about, as well as some of the club type organiz- or club type retail retailers that, that, that would consider the area. So we're kind of moving into that space over in Clayton, the Copper District, Dean yes. Penny with Davis Properties. That is uh, a very, very high-end, almost like North Hills, I guess, is it Fenton, which is over in here in Cary, mm-hmm. very similar to that. And the and the interesting thing about that, and talking about close proximity, this is not an, anytime that I use analogies, it's not a knock against who I'm referring to. It's just a, to kind of put it in per- perspective is that there's still a perspective, a per- perspective that, that Johnston County is way out there. I mean, it's it's when in reality, because of forty, is that we're right we're 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 minutes away from downtown. I did a from Dean Penny's at the Copper District on forty two and, and US seventy into downtown Raleigh to the Red Hat Tower took six it was sixteen miles, sixteen minutes. Oh my goodness. I took a spot in North Hills at John Kane's projects, yes. which which I love. To from that point into downtown Raleigh to the Red Hat Tower, six miles, sixteen minutes. So it's identically time-wise. Now, obviously, sixteen miles and six miles is is a little bit a little bit different, 
But when you think about time, it's identical. And it's because of this, again, we've got, we're very blessed with the, the transportation connectivity that we have. And, and so we're, I'm excited about what Dean and, and them are, 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 it's right across from the UNC Health mm-hmm. and Clayton facility, multifamily, office, commercial, very high-end townhouse, things like that. So it, it's really kind of this a game changer for us because we're also going to have Class A office space. And it's going to be interesting to see. We've never been able to compete again in the in the Class A office space in the past of people of companies looking at relocating whatever offices that they may be relocating to the Triangle region. We can now start hopefully soon compete compete for those. We talk a lot about success and and you know our big wins, but if you could look back over your career, what's the one that got away? Well, obviously. My success, my, my, I hate to use the word failures, the ones that got away from me, my colleagues were able to, to be successful with it. So, yeah, would I have loved to have had the CSX project in, 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 in Johnston County? Yeah, I would have loved to it because I think it could have been a game changer for us. But then Norris Tolson up in the Carolina Gateways up in Nash County was able to, to yes. rescue that and, 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 and get the facility there. I know that Jennifer and I compete quite a bit with projects because we're we share borders and we're right on 95, and so it's easy for the state to fly somebody <laughs> in, come see me, and then go see Jennifer and fly yes. home, or vice versa. And so there's a Believer Meets was one that that we were both competing heavily for this time last year that Jennifer was successful in that. So uh, you know it's one of those things that I can think back, and if, there's probably a, a few others. I know that there's a, a client that came through Johnston County and ended up going to Pitt County, and Kelly Andrews up in, over in Pitt County was able to get that project. So it's not one of those things where we're crying over those opportunities. It's that I'm just a firm believer in that, you know, it wasn't meant to be, and the next one may be that much better. So we just need to make sure that we that hone our skills. And, and, and the two, ask them, like, what did we do? And then there's some things exactly. that are beyond – our control. Sure. There was one project that I was competing with with Rob against Robert down in Wait in Cumberland County. And it just came down to labor. And did I have enough seasonal help that could fill a position or fill a facility? And I couldn't do that. And and when you have the site consultant come up to you and say, Chris, y'all checked all the boxes, y'all knocked it out of the park, but we just could not overcome the labor. I said, I get it. I understand. If I was sitting in your seat, I would I would you know, I can under. You know, there's no way in the world I could have filled what they needed. And so, again, I don't want a, a grand opening, and then all of a sudden they're having to shut down the doors a year or two later because they exactly. can't find anybody to work. So it's well. And Chris, I, thing I love about many of those examples is they each came to North Carolina. It did, and they each came to fairly close proximity. And so you think of those dollars and the impact those dollars that trickle down to all the adjoining areas. Mm-hmm. It truly is a win-win, and you touched on that earlier. Yeah, and in, and then some of the ones that I've lost also because I didn't have the available product. And and I give kudos to people like the Sanford Growth Alliance. You know, Jimmy in there, and they had the they had their building their spec building program. Yes. But they had they went out and they had something there, and then I was able to say I went back to my leadership and said, guys. We're continuing to miss out on this, and here's why. And if you want us to 
remain in the game, we've got to do some stuff. And so I feel very fortunate that uh, I have a very, very supportive county commissioners and and they have given me the tools and the resources to wow. to not necessarily compete against the private sector, but partner with the private sector. And that's the key thing. I think anytime that you can have that public private partnership, you're just you're just putting some seasoned bait on your hook, so to speak, to catch that big fish. I was gonna even ask you about maybe what's your biggest hurdle. And I think you actually for our audience may have just said it, and for those who are listening, here's the opportunity to put some product on the ground because that's probably one of your biggest hurdles is lack of inventory, not only for a, a mega site for land, but you need that 100,000-square-foot building or 200,000-square-foot building that's expandable. Mm-hmm. And so, again, this is almost like a field of dreams opportunity because of your track record and your location, your proximity, the amenities, and the growth that y'all are having, if if really folks would believe in themselves and mm-hmm. believe in the future to begin building some things, do you think they could fill it up relatively? Oh, definitely, without a doubt. My my belief is that before the paint dries <laughs> in that building, that the, the, the building will be leased. I'd be remiss if I didn't also talk about, and I know we've, You've, I've probably have drugged you all over, or all over your notes or where you wanted this interview to go. <laughs> but, you know, thinking about the the public-private partnership and, and what Johnston County has been able to con- accomplish, our, we've invested in our education system. Our citizens have uh, passed over the past 20 years seven bonds that have totaled close to $700 million for school construction. Obviously, that's very attractive for young families moving to mm-hmm. the area. Indeed. And then also our commitment to our workforce development and, and our existing industries and making sure that the retooling and the retraining of our, our employee, our, our citizens, to meet the new challenges that are faced. We've got an outstanding biotechnology workforce development center that's in comp, uh, that uh, is in concert with the community college system, our, community, our, our county commissioners have just allocated last year about $17 million, and then there's been some state appropriations funds uh, for another workforce development center in the, in the town of Four Oaks. So we're very fortunate that we have a great, great working relationship with our community college, uh, Joy Callahan and Dr. Vern Lindquist and, and uh, Vic McCormick, and I could just go on and on and on. I mean, my office, we're really just a two Janelle and myself. I mean, we're we're we run very lean, but I, I really lean heavily on my economic development partners and colleagues in the county that can that know more about their skill sets and their 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 core mission as opposed to me coming in or some or trying to hire somebody. Is that we've got a great team here that we can that we can call on. And then the the exciting thing about the the community college system and, and and what young people have the opportunity today is that all of these classes that we talk, whether it's a biotechnology certificate, we're starting to this year implement those in the high school grades. Mm-hmm. If you talk to Chad Henry over at Novo or Doug Burns over at Griffles or anybody at Caterpillar or, or any of our industries that we have in Johnston County, Chad said it, so I'll give him credit for it. He says, I want somebody to walk across a graduation stage 
with a diploma and a certificate so I can hand them a job application immediately where they can go to work making sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year. Eighteen years old, being able to make sixty or seventy thousand dollars. Imagine the impact on their life. That, that that yeah. And 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 we've got a lot of kids that obviously we've got some communities that are very well off, but we also have some communities that that struggle in, in areas of poverty and 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 broken families and and things of that nature. Sure. And so if you can tell a an eighth grader, because we start really with seventh and eighth grader with Joko Works, look, guys, you don't have to go to a four-year institution to make it. And I think we've done a disservice in kind of selling that, mm-hmm. nothing against our four-year institutions. Sure. But you can go and take these classes here at Triple S or Clayton or wherever, wherever they're setting these up and graduate with their certificate and really change not only your life but your family's life, mm. and so it's that's what excites me. That's what gets me up in the morning to 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 truly make a difference in our community. That say I didn't do it, but I was a part of a great team that did. So, well, and Chris, you talk about the team concept, and to me, where we have seen the most success over the years is not just where there's one person kind of driving the bus, if you will. Everybody on the bus has a license to participate. And when I get tired, you can drive. And when he gets tired, she can drive and vice versa. You are surrounded by a tremendous group of partners and advocates and colleagues and friends who believe in you and believe in the county and believe in y'all's purpose. And the fact that y'all are doing something with, I'll say, the, the, the young adults and, you know, here I am, a parent of four, and I'm thankful that I have one child who's graduated from a university, another that's a freshman in university, and another that's got maybe a year left at a university. But in reality, they could go to a technical college, a community college, and be trained and tooled. And I love the fact that Johnson County is preparing itself to impact those young men and women for their future. And those will be the men and women who will not get on I-40 yeah. and drive 45 minutes. They'll drive five minutes down the road well, and, that, and, that's and, her, that's and be home for dinner and be at their son's baseball game and their daughter's dance recital. That, that's the thing that will a true live, work, play. It all ties back to Main Street and, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and that small business mindset. Where we started. That's exactly right. Chris, I can't thank you enough for taking some time out of your busy schedule and joining us today on Commercial Real Estate Matters. Or I will share with you and and our audience, I've had a chance, and and our colleagues at Phoenix Commercial, we've had a chance to work with Chris on a number of assignments, and you are always so engaged and want to understand the client requirement, and you're always very transparent as well, which we appreciate, because sometimes it's not the right opportunity but you're willing to let me help you get down the road. Someone down the road actually might be better suited than we are. And one of the things that we always enjoy working with you and your team is is because y'all are just real. I appreciate that. And you've got a great product, and we look forward to work with y'all for, for many years down the road. Well, there's opportunity. Please, for those listening, follow me on LinkedIn. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Follow me on social media accounts, all the all the. The traditional stuff there. I'm not on TikTok or anything. I'm not that young. But. <laughs> That's right. My daughters have told me to stay off TikTok. Yeah, okay, yeah. But Chris, thank you again for being with us today. And and I will certainly say that our region, our community, 
we're in great hands with you driving the bus. So we wish you continued success for a long time, my friend. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in to Commercial Real Estate Matters. We hope you've enjoyed learning about the latest trends and news in the industry. As always, we welcome your feedback and suggestions. Please consider following us on social media or subscribing to this podcast to stay up to date on all the latest news. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to hearing from you.